Your WordPress website may be slowing down, crashing, breaking your podcast RSS feed. So try these 11 tips for troubleshooting and fixing your WordPress website. Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 226. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm Daniel J. Lewis, and this is the award-winning how-to podcast about podcasting. It's where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm really excited about Podcast Movement 2015 coming up at the end of July in Fort Worth, Texas. I'll give you a promo code near the end of this episode that'll save you on your registration if you can make it. I'd love to see you there. As podcasters, we're often familiar with WordPress, and I do highly recommend WordPress as a platform for managing your own website because it gives you a lot of control, a lot of freedom for managing your website, managing your podcast feed. You can run a store, you can run a regular website, you can run a blog, you can run a podcast website, all kinds of power that WordPress gives you to run your website. But with great power comes great responsibility. And also sometimes great trouble, depending on some of the choices that you make along the way. So because you have so much power with your WordPress website, you also have the power to break it. Yes, that is a downside to running your own WordPress website. You could always break something by installing a bad plugin, by choosing a bad setting, all kinds of things could go wrong. Now, will they? Probably not, especially if you have good WordPress plugins, a good theme, a good web host, things probably won't go wrong, but you do always have that potential to make something go wrong. I recently had an issue where for a week, my websites were suffering from major downtime. They would be up for 15 minutes and then crash again. They would be up for a few hours and then crash again. And I could not figure this out. So this episode with my 11 troubleshooting tips for WordPress are inspired from some of the things that I went through. And I wish that I made this list before my website started having problems because then I could have gone through this and solved it because I'll give you a little hint. My solution was near the end of this list. One of the last things I thought to even think of, but if I thought earlier on with some of the early points in this list, I could have figured that problem out a bit sooner. I host my own website on a virtual private server and I manage it myself. This is running WordPress multi-site for all of NoodleMix network, as well as my personal blog and podcast places and some other very important websites. So when it goes down, it takes all of those websites down. And regardless of whether you're running a self-managed VPS like I am on Volter, or if you're using shared WordPress hosting like from Bluehost or HostGator or managed VPS like from Hostime, WireTree, Servant, or even managed WordPress hosting like from WP Engine or Flywheel, all of these steps I'm about to share with you can apply to helping you troubleshoot this sometimes faster than someone else could, but these tips will give you some other ideas that will help you get other people to help you. So here are these 11 tips for troubleshooting your WordPress website, and you can follow along in the show notes for episode 226 at com slash WP troubleshooting. Number one, 
backup. This is the single most important thing that you can do to help prevent problems and help solve problems. Because a backup gives you this restore point that you can use for testing before things went wrong to try and figure out was it something that you changed so you could revert to an older backup, test it there, and if it works there, but then the more recent backup doesn't work, then you know something went wrong between those two. But backups also prevent you from permanently damaging your website by messing something up when you're trying to fix something else. I've run into this with some of my other websites that I manage where I have gone in to fix something or delete an account or remove something and I typed in the wrong number, like an ID number, and I deleted the wrong post or the wrong user account or something like that and have been greatly embarrassed because I didn't make a backup right before I made those changes. However, I did make a backup the night before, so I had something at least I could revert to and then just merge the changes together. It's, it gets complicated sometimes, but making backups doesn't have to be complicated. The best backup plugin I know for WordPress is the one I use myself. It's Backup Buddy. It's a great plugin. It can automatically schedule your backups to be on a daily, even a multiple times per day or a weekly basis to back up your database and your files. And then it can post those backups to Dropbox, to Amazon S3, to an FTP server, and many other options like that. So your backups then are off of your website server. So if your website server's hard drive completely crashed and you no longer had access to that server at all, then you could go to your backup from Amazon S3 and get all of your files, your database, and all of that back. And the strategy that I generally recommend is that you back up all of your files maybe once a week or once a month. And your database, depending on how frequently you have updates to your website, your database may be once a week, twice a week, maybe even once per day. Your database backups will be much smaller But the database contains all of your data, your information, your text, your comments, your posts, your blog posts, your forum posts. Because I have a lot of activity on NoodleMix Network with all of the many different sites, many publishers on the network, and one of the websites has its own BB Press forum with a lot of posts going in every single day. It's very important for me to maintain regular backups. So I back up actually twice per day. That way, if something goes wrong... I haven't lost a lot of fan comments in the forums. You could also back up just your database somewhat easily with PHP admin. You'd be looking for an export or a dump command, and there are instructions online for how you can do that. Or your web hosting control panel might have a way that you can back up your entire website or just your databases. Definitely back up before you start trying to experiment or change new things or before you update things. But most of all, I recommend having a regular backup strategy. And I've done a whole episode about having a great backup strategy. And the link to that is in the show notes for episode 226 at com slash WP Troubleshooting. I highly recommend Backup Buddy. And I have a link to that, my affiliate link, in the show notes as well. That's number one, backup. Number two, consider hiring help. Now, this is the consider stage. You might hear something similar to this later on, but the reason why I recommend this so highly above everything else is when you have a problem, it's very possible fixing that problem 
could take special knowledge of HTML, PHP, CSS, JavaScript, MySQL, server-side coding and commands and such, and a lot of things that you don't know, you don't have the time to learn, you don't want to try to figure out. You could be setting yourself up for a lot of time and frustration to fix this problem yourself. So before you get into this, you might want to consider hiring someone to help you with this. This help could come from your web host. It could come from another person, an expert in some field, a professional. And yes, I am available to help you fix your podcast website or your podcast RSS feed. So do consider getting help early on to save you from all of that time. Because a professional may be able to solve the problem for you for a certain price, but they could fix it on the same day when it might take you several weeks to fix the problem. I didn't post about my own server problem until a week later when I'd spent day after day after day actually losing sleep at night thinking about things and getting very stressed, getting very anxious about the problems because every time my phone buzzed, I just felt like, oh, my server crashed again. It was nice when it wasn't a server crash, but it was just a text message. But I, I had such anxiety that I was losing sleep stressing. I was wasting time trying to figure this out day after day after day. I did not consider getting help until several days later when I realized I've spent enough time on this already. I think I need to go find some help on this. And by the way, when I found help, we had the problem solved in just a very, very short time. And my problem was a very, very technical problem. Well, but I'll tell you more about my problem that I had with my own server as we go through this. So this is number two. Consider hiring help before you get into this. I'm not saying you should right now whenever you find any kind of problem, but at least consider it, whether you're willing to invest the time to find out if you're even able to fix it. That's number two. Number three, trace the problem logically and linearly. A lot of problems can really be easily solved by thinking about it enough and tracing the problem to its source. To do this, you must be able to somewhat speak the language or at least think logically and linearly. For example, if you have a WordPress website, but you use Libsyn to create your RSS feed and host your podcast media, then if you have a problem with your podcast RSS feed, The problem isn't on your website because it's not your website that's generating the RSS feed. It's Libsyn. So then you need to look at how do you have your information entered in Libsyn, your files, your formats, that kind of stuff. Trace it linearly like that and logically, as well as the inverse. If you have your website is powered by WordPress and you're using PowerPress on the site to create your RSS feed for your podcast and you use Libsyn only to host your podcast media, then if there's a problem with your podcast RSS feed, it's not on Libsyn's side. It's probably on your WordPress website side because that's what's creating the RSS feed. So you need to trace these things back to their source. Start with whatever the symptom is and work your way backwards. If the problem is something in iTunes, then the issue might be with your RSS feed because most of the information in iTunes is pulled from your RSS feed. Then look at what is creating your RSS feed or what's enhancing your RSS feed, like FeedBurner or something else. And 
Speaking of feed burner, merely using feed burner won't guarantee that you're going to have problems and it won't guarantee that you won't have problems. In fact, feed burner itself may not be causing any kind of problem with your podcast feed, especially if you're not using any of the extra features. Like Smartcast is really the problem maker on the feed burner side. But if you're not using Smartcast, then the problem might not be FeedBurner. The problem could be the source feed that's powering FeedBurner. SoundCloud, WordPress, Squarespace, Libsyn. It could be anything, really, if it's going into FeedBurner. So then trace that feed to try to figure out what's wrong with that. For WordPress problems, a plugin that I recommend is Query Monitor. And this is a great, albeit a bit advanced plugin that can really help you in tracing those problems. Like Query Monitor can show you PHP errors from specific plugins, and it will tell you a line number or a file name, and you can often figure out, oh yeah, that's such and such plugin, or certain other things like slow MySQL queries that are slowing down your website or crashing or things like that. And you can figure out a little bit, maybe not figure out how to fix the problem, but at least figure out where the problem is. And then from there... You can go to the developer, go to wherever you need to, to get help for that specific problem when you've traced it to that thing. So this is number three, trace the problem logically and linearly. Number four, test with incognito or with other browsers. You may hear about a problem on your website that you don't see yourself. It could be something is loading oddly or slowly, or it's not displaying very well, or something isn't working. This kind of problem can often be because of some factor that's present for someone else, but isn't present for you. And that could be a matter of how you are browsing your website. For example, most caching plugins like WP SuperCache and W3 Total Cache won't serve you a cached version of your website when you're logged in to your own website. So if you're logged in, you're seeing an uncached version but other people are seeing a cached version. So if you go to your homepage and you see your newest post, but other people don't, then what you have is a caching problem. Apple Safari, Google Chrome, Mozilla Firefox, Microsoft Internet Explorer, and the new browser Microsoft Edge and many other browsers include an incognito mode or a private mode. And even many mobile browsers use this too. This usually opens a new tab or a new window that has no history in that, it has no cookies in that tab or window. Sometimes it even has no extensions enabled. And this can be a very easy way to see your website from someone else's perspective without having to log out yourself or clear your cookies, clear your cache, clear your history, anything like that. It's a great way to test it then for yourself. And you can have two windows open, your logged in window and then your incognito or your private window. And you're either logged into a different account there or not logged in at all. And you can test things to see how do people who aren't logged into my website see my website. You also may need to try a different browser because there are certain issues that are related to the browser being used, like certain display issues from HTML or CSS, or certain interactivity issues usually related to JavaScript. Some browsers will overlook certain errors and continue processing the page. Other browsers may not. There are many different things that different browsers do to try to resolve problems. And you may be seeing a problem 
that other people don't because of the browser that you use. So think about those display and interactivity problems, and those are probably tied to which browser is being used. But if a particular link gives you a 404 that cannot be found error page, then it's most likely not a browser problem. It could be a caching problem, but it's probably not a browser problem. And it could be many other kinds of problems. So that's number four, test with incognito and with other browsers, because this may help you determine whether this is a problem everyone is facing or just one particular person or one particular kind of user with your website or with your podcast feed. Number five, revert changes. Look for any correlation between changes that you made and the problem that you're facing. Did something happen when you added a new plugin or you changed an option somewhere or you published something new? Anything like that, that is some change and the problem started happening when that change was made. Backups, again, make this really easy for you to revert. Just remember to back up before you revert. That way, when you go back to the present or back to the future, then you can not lose data or not have to worry about losing something that you changed since then. So don't just revert because then you lose all of your present changes. Another way to revert is just try to undo whatever it was that you did that you now suspect might have caused that change. Maybe it's you added a new plugin. So go back and maybe disable that plugin and see if the problem still occurs. This was something I suspected on my own website because this was around the time that I added the Social Warfare plugin, which is a great plugin for social sharing. I really like this plugin. And I added it around the same time that I ran this update, which was about the same time that my server started crashing. So I actually got into the plugin and started checking things. I did disable the plugin, but my server continued to crash. I'd re-enable the plugin, and it seemed like maybe my server was crashing more often. It was very hard to tell because it wasn't a completely measurable thing. And I did look in the plugin, and I found a line of code that I emailed the developers, and I said, is this supposed to be there? And the developers were like, wow, no, we accidentally left that in there. Thank you for pointing that out to us. And they quickly, very, very quickly put out an update that fixed that little thing, but that didn't fix my server crash. And even with their plugin disabled and reverting back to the plugin I was using for social sharing, my server was continuing to crash. So that told me it probably wasn't some change I made on my WordPress site, or at least adding this plugin. And I tried some older versions of plugins that I'd recently updated. And you can try that too, especially if you have a plugin that you suspect is causing the problems. And that plugin is from the main wordpress.org hosted repository of plugins. Then you can go to that plugins webpage on wordpress.org and go to the developers tab for that plugin. That's where you can download older versions of the plugin. So if you suspect a new update has broken something or you see people saying this update broke or be careful if you have such and such with this version, then you can revert to an older version. Just make sure you don't accidentally re-update to the version that's breaking things for you. You could also consider disabling something that you just enabled, like maybe an extra feature or you switched something on or off or maybe even try redoing whatever the process was with a clean slate. Like create a new 
blank page or post and put your content into that. Try it over again. Don't duplicate a page or post, but try it over again with a new one and maybe that would fix it for you. These are different ways to revert changes to see if maybe one of these is the cause of the problem. That's tip number five. Number six, deactivate WordPress plugins. WordPress plugins do add wonderful new features and functionality to a site, but a badly coded plugin or some old plugins could cause problems on your site. Sometimes these problems won't show up until you update something else, like maybe you update to a new version of WordPress and a plugin that you use stops being compatible with that version of WordPress. So the plugin wasn't updated, but your WordPress version was. Or maybe it's a combination of plugins that are causing problems for you. I found a couple plugins months ago on my site that were conflicting with other plugins on my site. Sometimes a caching plugin can conflict with a backup plugin or some other plugin. Or maybe it's something else that's breaking some odd functionality on your website. Like a very random thing for me was inside of my e-commerce plugin that I use, I couldn't twirl down on certain menus and I couldn't interact with the page in real time certain buttons weren't doing anything when I click and I discovered it was a conflict with another plugin that I had installed that just hadn't been updated in a little while so to diagnose this kind of thing try deactivating all of your plugins and if the symptom disappears then you know it's caused by one of your plugins so then reactivate your plugins one at a time and retest after each time that you activate the plugin. Do remember that if you're using a caching plugin during this whole time to make sure that you clear the cache with each new plugin that you activate or just completely deactivate the caching plugin and let your server run without caching for a little bit while you're trying to figure out this problem. If you already suspect a specific plugin, then try deactivating just that one to see whether the problem goes away. Then when you discover that culprit, You can either troubleshoot, maybe it's an option inside of that plugin that's causing this, and you can just disable that option or change whatever choice you've made inside that plugin. Or if the plugin itself is just causing problems, you could contact the developer for help and report the problem and try to give as many details as possible. Don't just say, it broke my website, but let them know, I know it's this plugin because I deactivated it, the problem went away, I reactivated the plugin problem is there. These are the options I have in the plugin. Here are some of the other plugins I'm running. Here's where I see the problem. Here's where I would expect things to work and they don't work. Try to be as detailed as possible. And that really helps developers because just saying it broke my website doesn't help at all. Also tell us what versions you're using when you're working with developers. This is tip number six, deactivate WordPress plugins. Number seven, try a default WordPress theme. Some WordPress themes include plugin-like functionality that can enhance your site in ways more than just the design of your site. Some of these have broken websites before. I've seen WordPress themes break RSS feeds in, in many different cases where either it was just simply having that theme activated with no options inside of the theme it broke an RSS feed or did something weird to an RSS feed, like put the title in the RSS feed twice without a space in the middle, which looked really ugly and sloppy. I've also seen WordPress themes that try to give you more control over 
functionality of your website and what information goes where. I've seen that break RSS feeds. I helped a client recently and she was missing episodes from her podcast RSS feed. The episodes were published on her site. Everything about her site seemed to be working, but these episodes were just mysteriously missing from her site. And the problem ended up being that she would put her episodes in a couple different categories, a podcast category and a category that was some kind of theme or topic relevant to that episode. And the WordPress theme had an option to exclude certain categories from the front page. And because of the way that theme was coded, that prevented those categories from going into any RSS feed from the website. So by excluding it, those episodes wouldn't go out to subscribers. It took a little while to figure that one out because of all kinds of different things that I was checking on the site. Some stuff just wasn't making sense. And that was something that I eventually tried is switching to a default WordPress theme. And a default theme would be something like 2014, 2015, 2012, 2013. Those kinds of themes that come pre-installed with WordPress or sometimes come pre-installed when you update WordPress are great for diagnosing things because you can trust that that theme works. It doesn't do anything really fancy. It's not adding new functionality. So if switching themes fixes the problem for you, then the problem is with the theme you have or an option inside that theme. Again, this gives you new opportunity to contact the developer with specific detailed information to help them to help you fix the problem. This is number seven, try a default WordPress theme. Number eight, optimize performance. A plain WordPress installation may work fine for you for many years until you start receiving multiple simultaneous visitors. And this can be true of even some hosts that advertise unlimited traffic, unlimited visitors to your website, unlimited bandwidth. The unlimited thing comes with limits. Think of it like this. Think of the room that you're in or the space you're in right now. You can theoretically have an unlimited number of people in that space, but not all at once. This is the way that unlimited traffic often works on the internet when they're telling you about unlimited things. Is that, yeah, you can have a theoretically unlimited number of people visiting your website, but just not all at the same time. Simultaneous website visitors, just like running multiple programs simultaneously on your computer, require more RAM and more CPU. These are resources that the server allows, and you're given certain limited access to these resources depending on what kind of hosting environment you have. Shared hosting, virtual private server, dedicated hosting, something else, some kind of managed hosting. So you do have some kind of limit that you can abuse that limit if you use it too much and they'll ask you to leave or to optimize things. But the best way to optimize your website performance is with a caching plugin like WP Supercache, which is what I now recommend for caching because it's a lot easier to set up and it works in generally more cases and it's not so complicated with really confusing options. Or W3 Total Cache, which is a lot more powerful, but very complicated to set up. Your web host should be able to recommend the best plugin and even the best settings for their servers. And they can tell you, yes, use this plugin because this is the one. 
that works best for our servers or our servers are optimized to work with this plugin or that one or these particular options. Don't always follow what people say in blog posts out there saying this is the best setup because they may have just found that's the best setup for them. It might not be the best setup for you. I did an episode a little while back about the best ways to speed up your WordPress website without switching web hosting providers. And I have a link to that in the show notes for this episode number 226 at com slash WP troubleshooting. This is tip number eight, optimize performance. Number nine, ask your web host. Your web host may or may not be able to help you actually solve the problem or fix it for you, but oftentimes they can point you in the right direction. The web host could check whether someone else on the server is abusing the server and causing the problem. We would call these a noisy neighbor where they have some problem on their website and it's hogging all the resources and thus slowing down your website. That can happen on shared web hosting. That's the reason many people prefer to go to VPS or dedicated is that someone else can be crashing their side of the server but not crashing your side. The web host could also let you know which resources are being hogged. Like, is it your RAM that's being used up and you're running out of RAM and that's why things are crashing? Or is it some process that's running away and hogging up all of the CPU? Or is maybe some piece of hardware failing? They can test things and discover that, oh, there's a networking device that's failing or the hard drive is failing. They have many different ways of monitoring this proactively and replacing them themselves. But you could still ask them, is there any hardware problem? Are there any noisy neighbors on my service? Or can you tell me what is making the problem here? Is the CPU being overused? Is the RAM being overused? Am I out of hard drive space? Any of these different kinds of things could be causing the problem for you. They could tell you if the server is under attack and let you know, yeah, we're getting a thousand requests per second to this one particular address or this one particular file. Or, hey, it looks like you might have some malware here, basically a virus on your website. They can, depending on how you have your hosting and your website set up, if you have multiple websites on a single hosting account, like you can do with many of these companies, then they can often point you to at least which website is causing the problem. They'll often say that the problem is with index.php and for WordPress, everything goes through the main index.php. So that alone doesn't really help, but you might see that, oh, it's in the danieljlewis.net slash index.php file. So it's something with that website. And then you can at least narrow down your testing to it being just that particular website, not have to track down the same problem on your 10 other different websites or 20 or 30, however many websites you have on that same server and in that same account. If you have managed WordPress hosting, like from WP Engine or Flywheel, both companies I highly recommend. They are more expensive, but their expenses go to great quality customer service and a great um, feature-rich platform designed specifically for hosting WordPress websites. But if you have a WordPress hosting provider like one of these guys, they may be able to give you more specific help. Or some managed WordPress hosting providers may even be able to go into your WordPress website or database 
and fix the problem for you there. Or they can say, oh, you need to install this plugin. Or, hey, we found that you have this setting enabled and you need to change that. Or we will change it for you if you just give us permission or authorize this or something like that. Don't assume that they can fix every problem for you, but certainly ask your web host what help they can provide or can they at least point you in the right direction. This is why managed WordPress hosting is really wonderful because they can either know more specifically what's causing the problem because they know WordPress a lot better or they can sometimes go in and fix the problem for you like with WP Engine or Flywheel. And I have links to them, my affiliate links, in the show notes for this episode, number 226 at the audacitypodcast.com slash WP Troubleshooting. This is number nine, ask your web host. Number 10, tighten security. There are some times, and it can be rare, when the problems you're facing are not your fault at all. It could be that there's something happening outside of your website causing the problems, and it's because of some kind of security setting for your site or some security is lacking for your site. You may be a random or intentional target of an attack. Your site could have been hacked. It could be infected with malware. You might have installed a bad plugin that is messing things up and hacking things and has malicious code inside of it. Or you could be subjected to what's called a distributed denial of service attack or a DDoS attack. This is where they use many different servers, many different computers to attack a central location and that can cause things to crash. It's like making one program run itself a hundred different times. Your system's going to get worn out and just crash. Something's going to happen. It locks up, something like that. That's what can happen on a website server. And that's actually what happened to me. My website, I don't know if it was intentional or if it was random. I'm just going to assume it was random. But my server was under a DDoS attack. It was being bombarded with requests. And this is where if I would have had this list of troubleshooting tips ahead of time and follow this list, I could have saved myself a lot of time and a lot of frustration in solving this problem by simply tracing the problem logically and linearly. See, here's what I was thinking in my mind. I've got a great server. I've got a great caching plugin. I've got a great stack. If you're a web developer and run servers, then you know what that is. But it's, it's what kind of software is installed running the server. I've got all of this stuff running well, and it's been flawless. I did this update and things start happening. I don't think the update was actually the problem. I needed to continue tracing the problem logically and linearly to realize I've got a caching plugin, but when I look at my server, what's causing the problem is something that should be cached. So either the caching isn't working or something is bypassing the caching on my server. And sure enough, my caching was working. I did all kinds of tests. I did all kinds of updates and performance enhancements here and there, legal performance enhancements. And I tried a lot of things and I could not figure it out. Until I looked a little bit more closely, I did ask for help. I was willing to pay someone. I posted, finally, a week later, posted for help, 
trying to figure out what the problem was. They gave me another command to run on the server to see some more information about what was happening. And things started to make sense as we were tracing the problem back to its root. And that was that although the front end of my server was cached and it was all fine and secure, no security holes, there was a back end thing that even though I locked down something about my site, certain protocol that was open with my site, even though I locked that down, this DDoS attack was still going on requesting a particular file that was a PHP file and was thus bypassing my caching for my server. And because it was bypassing the caching, it had direct access to a certain program, essentially, or a process running on my server. And with a hundred or a thousand or however many requests it was trying to send per second, it was overloading that little process, which would then request more RAM, more CPU, would lock up the server, and then all the legitimate requests for website pages and login requests and RSS feeds and all of that stuff were being queued up behind this and were being delayed significantly. Sometimes they'd just hang for 15 minutes and then it would catch up on everything. So there was this random DDoS attack on a particular PHP file bypassing my caching. And when I did finally consider asking for help and I was willing to hire help to fix this problem, that's when we traced it back to its root cause and we discovered that I was under an attack. For a week, I'd been under this attack. So we implemented a couple fixes, very simple lines of code for me. It was just copy and paste into these files, but your web host or your developer might be able to implement this better for you or certain WordPress security options, which I'll mention in a moment. But as soon as we implemented that fix, everything was working fine. I could test it and verify that now the server is not allowing abuse on these DDoS attacks, and it was running much better. And since that day, when I implemented that, now I'm almost a week later, the server has not crashed at all. It was because of a security opening that was left on the server and some simple security implementations, some simple things I did to tighten the security fix that problem for me. So your fix will not be as technical as mine with this security fixing. But what you could do is look at enhancing the security of your WordPress website. And the best way I know to do this is with iThemes Security Pro plugin. It is a premium plugin. There are free security plugin versions out there like WordFence and iThemes Security Pro is now the premium version of what used to be known as better security or better WP security. There are other things that you could do that layer extra security and optimization between your website and the visitor. And these are premium third-party services like Cloudflare. If you really want the security features of Cloudflare, you have to pay for it. Or StudioPress Accelerator has something very similar at a little bit of a better value and optimized specifically for WordPress. These things can layer between your website and the visitor as well as between your website and the attacker and prevent these kinds of attacks from taking things down on your website. You want to allow those legitimate requests. If you have a thousand people who hear about your podcast on the radio or on a TV show or from a celebrity or from the president of the United States and they go to your website 
all at the same time, you want to allow those requests to come through, but you don't want to allow those deadly denial, I call them deadly, but distributed denial of service attacks to go through your website. And that's what these security plugins or these extra layers of security like Cloudflare and StudioPress Accelerator can do for you. And I have links to these in the show notes for episode 226. This is number 10, Titan Security. And number 11, final tip for troubleshooting your WordPress website and fixing the problem. Hire help. If you've gotten this far, either in the process, you've been working through these 11 steps, and the problem still exists, and you're worn out, or maybe you're just looking through all of these, and you're overwhelmed, thinking, oh, I don't have time to go through all of this. I don't have time to figure out these problems. I don't have time to try to deal with all of this stuff. I I don't want to do this. I don't know how to do this. This is when you should really consider hiring someone. Maybe early on in the process. Maybe it's after you've tried everything yourself. Consider, please consider, letting someone else solve it for you. Yes, this is a service I can offer. Other people can offer it too. Maybe you know someone that knows WordPress and servers really well, or it's your web host, but do hire help, please, please. And I'm not saying this just for my own sake. I'm saying this for all of the professionals out there in any industry, really. Please don't undervalue the services of people who know what they're doing. The problem could take you a week to fix yourself like it did for me. It took me a week trying to figure this out, wasting hour after hour after hour. But once I'd asked for help, and I was willing to hire someone, I even said, please let me know if I can hire you to help me with this. Once I got professional help, I think we had the problem fixed in about 15 minutes. A professional's 15 minutes of actual labor are really built on years of experience and knowledge. You're not just paying them for their time. If you were, then 15 minutes might not seem like it's worth a whole lot to you. You're paying them for their expertise, which is worth far more than their time. That 15 minutes, or maybe even five minutes that it can take for someone to fix something about your website or about your podcast, could have taken you weeks to fix on your own. It may take them five minutes because they've spent hours and hours and hours learning about that problem before. So you're really paying for their expertise, not just for their time. And in fact, you're probably getting more value than you actually paid for. Because if they can fix that problem in five minutes, you've saved yourself from wasting hours of time working on that. And how much is your time worth to you? You've saved yourself from the frustration. You've saved your audience from the frustration of getting to your content. You may have saved yourself from losing thousands of dollars from your website being down and not selling your product or your service or advertising whatever it is that you want to. So all of this frustration and time can be saved by paying a professional to do something that may only take them five minutes. If it costs a hundred or a couple hundred dollars for them to spend five minutes to fix the problem, it is totally worth it. Wouldn't you like to have the problem fixed like that? That would be worth it. And maybe you are thinking, well, I want to try and fix it myself, maybe save some money. Maybe you don't have the money to pay a professional to fix it. I know there are all kinds of cases like that and cases where that can be good, certainly for you, if you can think through these things and 
kind of learn how to speak the language a little bit, but maybe you don't want to learn the language at all, that's when you should consider hiring the help. Think about your own time and what that is worth to you. Don't think about the expert's time because their time is built on years of expertise and experience, trying things, learning things, saving you from a lot of hassle. So that's why this is tip number 11 for troubleshooting and fixing your WordPress website. Hire help. These 11 tips are in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash WP troubleshooting. And here they are once again. Number one, backup. Number two, consider hiring help early on in the process. Number three, trace the problem logically and linearly. Number four, test with incognito and with other browsers. Number five, revert changes. Number six, deactivate WordPress plugins. Number seven, try a default WordPress theme. Number eight, optimize performance. Number nine, ask your web host. Number 10, tighten security. And number 11, hire help. These steps can help you to solve the problem that you're facing with your WordPress website or with your podcast RSS feed, even especially if it's powered by your WordPress website. I can't guarantee these things will help you fix it, but these will at least get you in the right direction. And I think more likely you'll be able to fix the problem by following these steps than just posting on a forum somewhere saying, help your plugin broke my site or help my site is broken. I would like to hear from you some of your stories of what is the most obscure solution you found to a website problem or maybe even any problem in general? It can be really entertaining for me and for the other listeners to the podcast to read some of these stories. I fixed problems by finding a bad line of code random line of code, a missing comma somewhere, a missing semicolon or missing parentheses, that can mess up a website, just one character out of place. I've found hidden options buried inside of a plugin that were causing problems. I've implemented certain security protocols and rate limiting to fix problems. I've upgraded themes or downgraded themes and plugins, and those sometimes fixed problems. So I'd love to hear from you. What is your crazy, obscure solution that you found to a particular problem? Please comment on the show notes for episode 226 at com slash WP troubleshooting. Special thanks to Jonathan J. Reinhardt from Wargaming Recon for the kind review for the Audacity to Podcast in iTunes. Jonathan said, no one person besides Daniel and his show has given me greater help in making my podcast at wargamingrecon.com the success it is. Thank you, Daniel, for giving me the guts and teaching me the tools to be the best podcaster I can be. Thank you very much, Jonathan. I really appreciate that. Jonathan has posted some other really nice things about me, and I'm very, very grateful for that. You can check him out at wargamingrecon.com. If you'd like to leave a review for the Audacity podcast in iTunes, I'd really appreciate it because it encourages me and it helps other people find the podcast. And the one thing I ask that you do, if you leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher, and the links for that are on the website, is please include the name of your podcast or your podcast URL, just like Jonathan did, so I can link to that in the show notes. So you can check out Wargaming Recon by clicking the link that's in the show notes for this episode, number 226. You can get those links to write a review at theaudacitypodcast.com. If you'd like your own global 
podcast reviews emailed to you automatically so you don't have to go out there and spend hour after hour after hour checking every single iTunes store or remembering to check Stitcher or all of these other things, then go to mypodcastreviews.com. You can get your reviews emailed to you automatically. A hidden benefit with this is that this allows you to copy and paste the text from your review, which you can't do in iTunes. You can't copy the text and paste it into your show notes or onto your website or into your testimonial section or in press releases or anything like that. But My Podcast Reviews allows you to do that. You can also share the reviews. Like the review I just read from Jonathan was just an excerpt of his full review. So I have a link that takes you directly to the full review in the show notes for this episode if you'd like to see everything that he said about the Audacity podcast. And I can share that link then on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google Plus, or anywhere I want to. And that link automatically includes a link back to my podcast in iTunes and Stitcher so people can subscribe there. You can check out all of the options, premium features and such over at mypodcastreviews.com. I told you about podcast movement at the beginning of this episode, and I'm really looking forward to it. I've got a special promo code. If you use the code noodle, when you register for podcast movement, you can save 10% from your registration right now. That saves you about $50 from your registration for a regular pass. That also applies to the virtual pass as well. So you can get all of those sessions from the conference. Just go to podcastmovement.com. Register and use the promo code NOODLE to save 10%. I'm looking forward to seeing you there. I'll probably host some kind of meetup while I'm there in Fort Worth, and I'm really excited about presenting a session about how to optimize your WordPress website for your podcast. Please check out all of the links and resources that I mentioned in this episode, the plugins, the themes, the web hosting providers, and all of these solutions I recommended at theaudacitypodcast.com slash WP Troubleshooting. And email me if you have any problems or would like to hire me to help you with your podcasting. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go launch or improve your own podcast for sharing your passions and finding success. I'm Daniel J. Lewis from theaudacitypodcast.com. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Special podcasting happy birthday to Laura McClellan, host of the Productive Woman podcast. That podcast is now one year old, and it's on Noodle Mix Network. So find all of those podcasts like that one and many others covering TV shows, personal and professional productivity, Christian worldview, movie reviews, and much more at noodle.mx. The Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Find more at techpodcasts.com.